Hello, Wildcats. Melbourne once again negotiate a tough Perth Wildcats outfit. 2-0 up in the series. And they head home to Melbourne for game three with one hand on the trophy. 83 to 74. That's a commanding series lead that they have now. All right, and welcome back to the Cool Cats Corner. So I'm hitting you guys up a bit more frequently at the moment. Hey, you asked for it. I sent the poll out. I got an overwhelming response, yes which was overwhelming to, to receive. But you guys are enjoying these post-game podcasts as well, the little 10-minute, 15-minute podcast, just a review of the game and that raw emotion. So this game here, it puts Perth, obviously, in a pretty deep hole. 2-0 against United this season. They've beaten us all year at home. It was a tale of two halves, 42 points in the first half, 32 points in the second half. We shot 45% field goal in the first half, 28% in the second half. From three was a big issue. 33% first half, which, you know, is right on par. You can work with that. And then 10% in the second half is an absolute killer. Our rebounding remained constant all night, and we can thank the likes of Mooney for really chasing down the boards. Actually, you had the likes of Sherville as well, really pulling his weight. Blanchfield, Norton, a, real, a lot of really good crashing of the offensive and defensive glass. That remains consistent all night, which is what Trevor would be looking for. Our assists, eight in the first half, five in the second half. Turnovers, six in the first half, four in the second half. Down from our record high, I think it was, what was it? 18 or 19, did I say last game? Down to 10, which is a lot better. Our steals, we had two in the first half, one in the second. Blocks, two in the first half, zero in the second. So as you can see, a completely different game, not just offensively, but defensively as well. We really struggled on both ends of the court in that second half. But the big catalyst for the first half was the first quarter. So we played 12 quarters, 28 being our best, which was our first quarter score. And our next best quarter, if you look back at it, was our first quarter in game one, was our next best quarter against Melbourne United. We scored 19 points. So 12 times without Bryce, we've had a chance to score over 20 points in a quarter against United, and we've only managed it once, and that was in this first quarter. And now a big reason for this is because we came out firing. Obviously, the start was fantastic. Magne three, Mooney three, Landale three. We had Magne going at Peatling, and then they went back-to-back threes, Golding, McDaniel. We had uh, Mooney over Landale for two inside. So we saw Mooney not afraid to attack Landale. We got to see a little bit of Todd Blanchfield and a little bit is a kind way to, uh, to kind of describe exactly his input on the game today because he showed this moment of brilliance in the first quarter where he had that pump fake in the post against McDaniel, pumped it up, spun the other way and one off the backboard. And you thought Todd was probably building into a big game. He couldn't seem to find his shot for the rest of it. And it brings me to this point, which is we can do all these things right as a team. And we did play fantastic team basketball for long stretches of game. We looked after the ball. We chasing offensive rebounds. We were trying to move the ball as best as possible. Obviously, that has its limitations with an injured Norton. And with the team playing as well as they did collectively in this game and, and doing really all they could against this Melbourne team with the pieces that we had without Todd Blanchfield at least having an average game where, where no chance, as you saw in this one today. There was more emphasis on Blanchfield this game. They were chasing him over screens every single time. I think they stepped off him once for a screen. It was a mistake and he missed it, but still it was a mistake. You have to stay right next to Todd Blanchfield, especially the way he's shooting these playoffs. But the game day test for Steindl and Travers not paying off. And those two guys, they can generate points. They can get the scoreboard ticking over. They can stop runs, more importantly, and they can start runs. Those aspects of the game are crucial against a team like Melbourne United. A team which can grind you down and do it in such a masterful way. And, and it is testament to their talent. It is testament to how well they've played together. It is testament to the chemistry they've built. I'm not trying to take anything away from Melbourne. They have been really good. But when you do take out the likes of Steindl, you do take out the likes of Travers, you don't have Bryce Cotton. 
you have a one-legged Mitch Norton hobbling around out there, there's limitations. There are definite limitations. And walking into game one, this is, a, this is quite a unique feeling that I had walking into the jungle, was I walked in there expecting a little bit of a miracle and not expecting us to take over this ball game or this series. When you look at the team, and I said this right at the start, I said this when we previewed these guys, they are so well put together in terms of their defensive structures and how they can match up and the energy they bring defensively. And then they have so many levels on the offensive side of the ball. And you saw it again tonight with Barba lighting us up. Obviously, the half-court shot gave them the boost going into halftime, which is very unlucky for us and an unlikely outcome from that situation. But you have to keep moving through. That's basketball. You have to keep persevering. I thought we did a fantastic job on Landau initially. He ended up with 12 points, 17 rebounds. I think 17 rebounds being the record for most rebounds set in a 40-minute grand final game, I think Santa Maria said. And Santa Maria, I bet you, was sitting there smiling like a Cheshire cat. Ever since that NBL 19 grand final win over Melbourne, he has been waiting for this day. And you can hear it in his commentary and you can hear what he's saying. And, and there's no talk in the commentary. The Wildcats are missing all these plays. You're going to get a lot of it in game three, and I guarantee you that. As soon as the Wildcats are dead in the water, if it is in game three, hopefully it's not, Wildcats in five. If they're dead in the water, you'll start hearing them all say, oh, and this would have been such a different series if such and such and such and such. Yeah, which is true. But you need to make that emphasis every single game. Because what Trevor is doing with our current crop of players and the attributes they have, I'm not saying they're not talented, just the attributes they have, we don't have that prolific ball handler out there at the moment. Well, we don't have a 100% healthy one. And it's so hard to run anything when you've had your ball handler who controls the ball 80% of the time for your offense when he's out there and he's played 80% of the season. And when he can't play at 100% health, it has a trickle-down effect to the rest of the offense. But a guy that wasn't really struggling in offense today and he kept his momentum going was Kevin White. And props go to Kevin White, who went 4 of 5 from 3, I think, for 12 points. He's revitalizing his career and he's turned it right back around. So he's on a one-year contract at the moment. He's playing for some more money. He's playing for another contract. And he's, and he's showing out in the finals. If he can get out there, play some reasonable defense, bring some hustle, play some good minutes and knock down a couple of threes a game, there's a spot for Kevin White in this NBL for sure. And I can't wait to see him play a few more seasons. So fingers crossed on Kev as well. If they're with the Wildcats, I'm all the happy for it because like I said, I've seen a lot of character from that guy this year and I think he's been fantastic. Another guy who showed a lot of character tonight in his first career start was Corey Sherville. In the 74-83 loss, he had seven points, four rebounds, three assists. He played some fantastic defense as well all throughout the game. There was a particular moment in the first quarter where he went all the way down the court for two, took it straight to the rack. Then he defended Scotty Hobson down the other end, causing the miss. Shortly after that, Trevor gets teed up by Vaughn, I remember. And that tee working a charm, and the commentary hit on it really well. So Santa hit on it really well, and he said, the reason that Trev picks up those texts and he forces those texts, he doesn't force the texts, but he will push the referee right to the edge, is because he then has them on alert. So are they really going to throw Trevor Gleason out of this game? in Perth, in front of the Red Army, in such an important game. It's unlikely. They're going to tee him up really quick. But then the kind of onus comes onto the referees, and they're watching every little single call they have. And when it's a 50-50, they're probably going to pay it to the Wildcats. So you hear the commentary staff say that's probably not the best way for junior uh, coaches to learn, which is fair enough. He's not a junior coach. He's at the highest level, and he's trying whatever he can do to win, which I really respect, and it, it's what makes him the coach of the year. Magne and Mooney did did really good job. So you can see that Magne is really trying to chase the offensive glass. I, we need him to get defensive rebounds. Zero defensive rebounds is inexcusable for a guy his size. He did do a hell of a job offensively. Whenever he does get the ball, if he can front up, if he can move quick, if he can make that decisive action to get to the rim early enough, he's so long and uh, he's already above the rim. The guy had nine points today in 25 minutes and he can honestly score a fair few more if we can get the ball to him more often. There's very few people in the NBL that can stop it. If Jock Landau can't stop it, which he couldn't multiple times today, then no one's going to stop it in this NBL. 
But his other big down the other end, Mooney, he's struggling on the offensive glass. We touched on this from game one. He only had one offensive rebound, seven defensive rebounds. So cleaning up for Will down the other end. I really enjoyed how they used them this game compared to game one. Game one, it was so ineffective. They couldn't really figure it out. This game, they had their assigned roles. They were both crashing the glass. The entire team was crashing the glass. I can't believe Landau had 17 rebounds. I would assume a seriously large amount of those came in the second half when we had all those shooting troubles. In the first half, we're making those shots. Those opportunities don't come. We don't have to fight for the rebounds. We don't have to put in as much energy. I've hit on it since I've been on the microphone. We really struggled the second half. That third quarter where we've been so good consistently in NBL 21, our third quarters have completely fallen away in this final series. In times where you have to come out of that break, set the tone, we just haven't done it. You don't beat Melbourne United unless you come out hot in the first, hot in the second, and sustain it. It's going to take 12 quarters of complete basketball for us to win this NBL 21 championship. It's going to take 12 quarters of complete basketball to get that three-peat. It's going to take 12 quarters of complete basketball to knock off Melbourne United. And it is a complete statistical anomaly. We're the Wildcats, and when there's the slightest glimmer of hope, there's the slightest spark, hey, anything can happen. We're the best fans in the land. We'll rally around them. To the 11,097 Red Army there that rocked it out, you guys were incredible. You've been incredible all season. That's our last home game. Every single week, showing out, giving our guys the best opportunity to win. No matter what the scoreline, we're still cheering. We're on our feet to the end. We're on our feet at the start of quarters. So a huge shout out to you guys for the huge NBL 21 we've all had together in the jungle. We play again on June the 25th, Friday. This could be the series closer, but that's just not our way. We're going to rock up. Gleason's going to game plan. There's going to be counters. Hopefully we can win this do or die game. And when you win one game, you build momentum. And anything can happen. And it's the finals. This is the NBL. Expect the unexpected. Is that what it is? But this is another podcast all wrapped up, guys. Thank you so much once again for joining me. Subscribe to the Cool Cats Corner if you haven't already. And it will alert you when I have a new podcast out. But for the final series, for this grand final series, I'm recording straight after the games. And I hope you guys are enjoying them. From me here in the Cool Cats Corner, catch you guys on Friday. Peace and love.